0: Amen, amen, amen. Like we just heard uh, on the announcements, this is the third message in a series um, on what about sin is the title. And, of course, the first Sunday, for those of you who are here, was was titled uh, The uh, Reason for Sin. The second, of course, was The Result of Sin. And then today is titled The Rescue, all right? In the last two messages, as you just heard, we, we saw about that we, we do have a problem. And that problem is a sin problem that originated with Adam and Eve. We saw, we, we, we dug into uh, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 uh, in, the, in, in the original sin. And from that we inherited a sin nature. Therefore, we are all saints, those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior... We're, we're called saints, now not canonized saints, but I'm talking about saints, the sanctified ones, the called out ones, referred to all through the Bible, and so we are saints that sin because we have a, a sin nature, Romans 3.23, for all have sin and fall short of the glory of God, and in Romans 6.23, we pay a price for that sin, it says the penalty of that is death, Okay. However, God, in his great rich mercy and his love for us, he came up with a plan to rescue us, hence the title of this message, to rescue us from the penalty of our sin. Romans 6.23, the last part of that scripture right there says, although the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you may ask, uh, uh, Pastor, what does this all have to do with Easter as we know Easter? Well, in, in all honesty, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with Easter as most of the world thinks about Easter with chocolate bunnies and Easter egg hunts and balloon races and all that. And I'm not Mr. Scrooge, but all honestly, all of that has nothing to do with Easter. Come and ask me sometime. I'm not gonna tell you now because you all get mad at me if I tell you the truth about bunnies and Easter eggs, okay? But the reality is all of that has nothing to do with Resurrection Sunday, okay? But it, it, so so uh, it has everything, however, to do with Christian Easter with what believers celebrate at Easter time it has everything to do with it because you see Easter is the time of the year when Christians remember now listen two part the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ now for those of you who are who are studiers of of Israel and understand their history and their culture, you know that Easter time, our, the time we celebrate Easter here in this nation uh, is, is correlated historically. It's linked to the Jewish Passover feast, okay? And, and the reason is because the Jews uh, at, the, at the Passover time is when Jesus died and rose again, okay? And so our, our biblical Easter that we celebrate correlates with that, okay, with the death of Jesus, because Jesus is our, called in Scripture, our Passover Lamb, okay, our Passover Lamb, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, for Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. So, now some of you may look at me and say, Pastor, that's kind of morbid to be talking at Easter time about celebrating uh, the death of someone, okay, But it's not morbid to us who are Christians. For to us who are Christians, it is called the power of the gospel that we preach. Because, now listen to me. How can anyone refute or come against the kind of love that would die to pay for someone else's sin? And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. And what better person to be that atoning sacrifice than Jesus the Son of God. You see, He was sinless and He's perfectly qualified to become our substitute. Now listen, 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ died... Now listen, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. Could y'all please correct the, uh, the mic one second? And I also lost my Google here. Could you hand me the paper, please? Christ died the righteous for the unrighteous. Now, what does that mean for me and you? What does that mean in our lives, um, in our actual everyday life? It means that God had a plan. He had a plan to rescue us, okay? And that plan was very, very important because without that plan, we are the most pitied people on earth. It means that we... Are believing a lie it means that we've bought into as christians something that isn't true yes historically jesus died and then some even believe that he didn't die but if you don't believe that he rose and is seated at the right hand of the father then you're not grabbing the gospel of jesus christ okay And what's happening is you're believing half of the gospel. Theologians call it... Now listen, it's called the cross and the crown. The cross and the crown. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we are the most miserable people on earth. And as Paul says it, we have no forgiveness and we have no resurrection ourselves. And therefore, we have no rescue. Okay? Now the fact is, church is that Jesus did rise, and he appeared to a whole lot of people, 500 people in in Corinthians, okay, chapter 15, we're going to read that in a second, to Mary, to his disciples, again to his disciples, to Thomas, then to Peter, then the two men walking on the road to Emmaus, and they don't realize who he is, and he's talking to them, so he appeared to all these people, now listen, Now, this same fact of Jesus' resurrection, which is the power of the gospel that we believe as Christians, as followers and believers in Jesus Christ, also can be a stumbling block to those people who do not believe in Jesus Christ because they can go along with a lot of things, a lot of the doctrine and theology. But when it comes to someone coming back alive, it becomes a scandal on, a stumbling block to a whole lot of people. And so it keeps a whole bunch of people from becoming christians they do not believe in the resurrection you had a whole group of people in biblical times back then they were called the sadducees and they did not believe in the resurrection they came and they even tried to trick jesus and they told us, they asked him the question about if, because in, in that culture, in that day, if, if, if a man died, the, his wife would marry the brother if he had another brother. And if he died, they'd marry the other brother. And they tried to trick him about the resurrection and say, look, if there's six or seven brothers, when she gets to heaven, whose wife will she be? Ha, ha, ha. And Jesus said, you show your ignorance of the scriptures. Okay? For as in heaven, we are like angels. And they were trying to trick him with this whole fact of the resurrection because they did not believe in it. So people today who don 't believe in the resurrection, just like back in that day, they have what 's called a swoon spirit, and they have what 's uh, our story and they have what's, they, they say that he feigned death, that he he passed out. Some of them say that they came in, they grabbed his body, and they went and hid him. Now, listen to me it 's an all or nothing package in Christianity you either believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ together or you believe in nothing at all it's a package like with the virgin birth if you don't believe in the in the virgin birth of Jesus then you cannot call yourself a Christian because if God was not the father of Jesus Christ that means that a man was the father of Jesus Christ and therefore he has no divinity he does not have the bloodline of God okay So you believe in the virgin birth, you believe in the death, and you believe in the resurrection all together. These are the basic tenets of our faith. And as my brother was sharing the other day, if you don't believe in the resurrection, look, you have to have the cross. You have to have the death, which is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. But if you don't believe in the resurrection, then who is the firstborn into that resurrection? And who do we follow into heaven through the resurrection? And we are so much to be pitied if that is not true. But it is true. It is a fact that Jesus died and rose again. Okay, it's all or nothing. Now listen, Romans 10, 9 through 13, famous scripture. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe unto righteousness or justification. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For scripture says that anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And whoever calls on his name shall be saved. And that is what Easter is all about. The cross and the crown. And it is precious and it is holy Easter is about God rescuing you and me from our sin through the cross and through the crown. And listen, listen, we have family, we have dinners, we enjoy things. Our family pox eggs and all that kind of stuff. But listen, listen to me, church. The food and the celebration, the extra day off, the, the, all the stuff that, that goes with it and all that kind of stuff. Please listen to me. Never forget what I just taught you. It's about the cross and the crown. Easter is a very holy day. Most Christians today don't even really know what Good Friday is all about. You don't hear much about Good Friday at all anymore. Good Friday is when Jesus hung on the cross, died, and was buried in that grave for three days. And then Resurrection Sunday. On Sunday, everybody knows about that. Easter Sunday, because everyone goes and has eggs and, and, and hunts and Easter egg hunts and bunnies and stuff. And it's a big frill and everything's great. But Easter Sunday is when Jesus busted loose and rose again from the grave. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and listen to me, church, if you want to be part of that, then you have to buy into that. You have to believe in your heart as we just read. You have to accept Jesus as the Son of God and believe that God raised him from the dead. And you have to ask him to forgive your sins. And the Bible says at that point, you shall be saved. Repeat with me right now. Some of you in here, I bet you have just first time you've ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Probably the first time that you've heard and understand the Holy Spirit has tugged on your heart. And repeat with me quickly right now. And just repeat that prayer with me. Everyone in here, if you have a mouth and a tongue in your mouth, repeat it with me. so that you, And mean it in your heart. So you can leave this Easter Sunday and say, hey, I believe in Jesus And now, because of Him and the cross, I can enter into heaven. Come on, you want to do that with me right now? We'll all go together. Come on, we'll all go together. We'll rise together. This will be our Resurrection Sunday. This will be our Rescue Sunday. This will be our time that the Holy Spirit is placed in front of us. This is our rescue. Come on, pray with me right now. Say, Father in heaven. I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive my sins. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I believe that he rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father and I ask you Lord Jesus to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life I trust you with all that I am and all that I have Amen now listen church yeah you can applaud that's a good deal now listen I want to tell you something I want to tell you that if you just said that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer right there, that your eternity, the Bible says, there are angels. If you just prayed that prayer, that angels are rejoicing in heaven and your eternity is sure, it is set, and you have an eternity in heaven. Come on, let's go. pat yourself on the back. That's good news if you just prayed that. That's, that's good news. Now listen, let me go on just quickly here. What does his resurrection prove? Listen, what is the resurrection? What's the big deal? What does it prove, Pastor? Marshall, tell me what, dear dear ones, listen to me, dear ones, listen. Because if you don't get this, you're not going to latch on to it, okay? First of all, it proves that he is God. It proves that Jesus is God, okay? Acts 1, 1 through 4. Listen to what Paul says. I mean, what, what Luke says. Acts, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart from the gospel of God. The gospel He promised beforehand through His prophets and the Holy Spirit regarding His Son, who as to His human nature, all man, all God, was a descendant of David, and who the Spirit of holiness was declared with the power to be the Son of God. Is it up on the screen? By His resurrection from the dead, Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me read it again. And through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. It proves that Jesus is God. It proves that Jesus is the son of God who came with a rescue plan. And that plan was resurrection after death. Secondly... It is the magnificent power of the gospel as we just said. Let me turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Listen carefully to this. This is Paul saying this to the church in Ephesus. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints is uncomparable great power for us who believe. His power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that's been given Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in everything. I love that passage. And raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms far above all rule and dominion and authority and every title that can ever be given it is the magnificent power of the gospel in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's a good amen time right there. Thirdly, it's essential for salvation. Without the resurrection there is no salvation. 1 Corinthians 15:17 says, "And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile." You are still in your sins. Listen. And if Christ has not been raised. Your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Oh that's serious. And you must believe in your heart. That God raised him from the dead. And confess him as Lord. As we just all did together. But if Christ had not been raised. Your faith That you just proclaimed is futile and you're still in your sins. You see, without the resurrection, we're still in sin. So it's essential for salvation. It is the evidence, number four, of your justification. Romans 4, 23 through 25. The words, listen to what Paul said. The words, it was credited, which means imputed. It was put on his account. Speaking about him, Abraham here. He's talking about Abraham. So it was credited to Abraham. Were written not for him alone. Those words weren't written just for Abraham. They're written for all of us. But also for us, Paul said, to whom God will credit, he will impute. He will put on your account, what? Righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for say my justification for your justification so you could stand before God justified righteous in right standing that's what righteousness means in right standing before God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ not your righteousness his righteousness because he died on that cross for you and he was raised from the dead for you So you could stand in righteousness and justification before God. Are y'all catching this? It's not rocket science. Lastly, it is our hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope as believers. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth, me and you, new birth, into a living hope. Now, hope here does not mean a wishful, you know, a sure hope that happens. It means a sure certainty. That's what that word means. A sure certainty. He has given us new birth into a sure certainty through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. It is your sure certainty. It is your sure certainty. Listen to me, church. It is your sure certainty that you will be resurrected from that grave. Come on, that's the good news. That's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you never know. I'm 63. You can be 16. You can be three. You never know. We are one breath away from eternity. Every one of us. Pick up the newspaper if you don't believe me. We are one breath away from eternity. Every one of us. And it is your sure certainty as a believer now, I changed up. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then close. Listen carefully. 1 Corinthians 15. Listen to what Paul says. Listen. Now, brothers, and this is my text, if y'all can find it. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. Say, I am saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than five hundred. Verse seven. Then he appeared to James. And at last of all, he appeared to me also, Paul. Paul. As one abnormally born. Paul saying here I was not a regular apostle. He's saying I had a different birth into apostleship. Because he appeared to me on the road to Damascus. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even desire to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was, without, was not without effect, for I worked harder than all the rest. Look at verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses for what we testified. Verse, the next verse. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. And if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if he has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If it's just about here on earth... That's pitiful. Wouldn't you feel terrible if it was just about this on earth? Oh, man. Pity us if it's just we believe in Christ, but it's just for here on earth. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through man. For as in Adam all died because of original sin, so in Christ all died. Are made alive that is the scripture in the gospel of jesus christ now pastor why did jesus have to leave why did he not just stay here with us i hear that all the time people ask me why did he leave have you ever wondered that come on we all have why did he leave why did, he have, why did he have to leave? Okay. First of all, to finish his part of the rescue, what did he say on that cross? He said, it is finished. Father, unto you I commit my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. To finish his part of the rescue, he had to leave. Secondly, to send his spirit For his part of the rescue. He said unless I go to his disciples. He said I cannot send my spirit. Who will be your comforter and your God. So he had to leave so his spirit. Could finish his part. Of the rescue. And then lastly to pave the way. For our part. In the rescue. Oh we have a part in this rescue. You bet your boots you do. You bet your boots you do. Jesus had a very good friend. His name was Lazarus. He heard that he, or he, he didn't hear. He knew as God that he had passed away. And he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. The disciples thought that he was taking a nap and they were just gone. Jesus said, we go to wake him up. He said, no, I go to get him out of the grave. His two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they were very close friends. Jesus wept when he found when he knew that his he knew, because he was God, that his, that his friend had died. And Mary wasn't there, but Martha came to him and said, Master, if you had been here, my, my brother Lazarus and your friend would not have died. And Jesus said, he will rise again. And she said, I know in the last day of the resurrection he will come and, and he will rise again. he said, no, 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 hang on, my little friend. Hang on, my little sister. And now listen to this. Listen, to, I, used, I read this at a funeral this week, John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, listen, church, listen, dear ones. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he said, Four of the most important words ever spoken in the Bible. Dear ones, dear ones, I love you. Look at me. Look at me in the eye. He said, do you believe this? Your most important decision in life and eternity.